Just grab your Bible. Let's make our faith confession over the word. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am about to be taught the life-changing word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. And after I have heard and believed the word of God, I can be sure, I can be certain that what God said will manifest in my life. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's get into the word. I was asking the Lord as I was coming back yesterday, I was asking the Lord what it was that I should teach about. And, you know, I just kind of assumed that I was going to be teaching about the Holy Spirit the way that we've been teaching about the Holy Spirit. And he actually said, no, I want you to teach something else. And it was actually something I taught um, um, last Monday on Mindset Monday. And he said to me um, that it was important to teach because we need we don't you need to know that even if the world is uncertain god is not i'm gonna let that say law for y'all that even if the world is uncertain even if the world doesn't know what to do even if the world's leaders don't know what to do even if the medical experts don't know what to do even if tsa doesn't know what to do god knows what to do amen And so we're teaching this morning about faith for supernatural debt release. Are are y'all alive? I'm sorry. Are there any people in here who have some debts that they need to be released? So we're teaching about faith for supernatural debt release. Amen. And I think it's important to understand because one of the things I have really just tried to really press in as Pastor Edwin and I said, we've been doing a lot of praying, a lot of seeking God about really wanting to be able to hear with clarity about what it is that the Lord is saying. And one of the things um, that the Lord is really talking to me about is really in Isaiah 55, it says, your ways are not my ways, your thoughts are not my thoughts. And so it's the job of the Holy Spirit to bring us into alignment. That's the word that keeps coming back up for me. That's what Pastor Edwin told us at the beginning of the year. He told us that this was a season where there was going to be alignment. Alignment would bring us into agreement. An agreement would cause us to advance or stand in a place of advancement, right? And so what God needs to do is he needs to be able by his spirit to bring our thinking out of agreement with the world system and into agreement with heaven. He needs to bring us out of agreement with the world system and into agreement with heaven because that's alignment. And then he brings us into agreement because if we're out of alignment, we can't be in agreement because Amos says, how can two walk together except they agree right and so the Lord gave me a word and he told me that there is a release for supernatural debt release and I'm going to walk you through biblically that there is a release for supernatural debt release but one of the things I'm going to challenge you on is that especially for those of you who have big bills like student loans like mortgages things that are big things you need to stop looking to the world to be your solution The question is not why the government won't pay it off. Our government will. I'm preaching to somebody. I I know what they should do. 
but they never declared that they were the king of kings and the Lord of Lord and all provision was in their hand. And what we have to be careful not to do is we can get caught up in these places where we see a government's injustice and we begin to focus on their injustice instead of God's system of restoration. And God is looking to do something supernatural because the supernatural should be natural in the life of a believer. Can you make that confession? Say the supernatural should be natural in my life because I am a believer. All right. So I'm going to just walk you through some scriptures. I'm going to show you this. And one of the things I was saying to Pastor Edwin that God has really been challenging me on in the last year is really to share the things that we actually do that produce results in our life. And some of it is, is that um, when something becomes proficiency to you, you're not saying every day, hey, guys, I brushed my teeth. Because brushing your teeth is proficiency to you, right? So there are some things that over the last 22 years, Pastor Edwin and I have learned to do with some proficiency, which give us a supernatural advantage. How many of you know you need a supernatural advantage? You need a supernatural advantage. I need to tell you because all of you didn't raise your hands and I need you to understand this. I do not care how smart you are. You are not smart enough to navigate everything that the world will throw at you. So you need a supernatural advantage. And some of you are so dependent on your smarts and on your checks that you are missing what God would desire to do in your life because you do not depend on a supernatural advantage. So you settle for the inferior when God has made the superior available to you. Did you hear what I said? No one who had an unlimited supply of money would go to buy a car and pick the base model. Nobody. If you ever picked the base model, it's because it was all you could afford. When you choose to live by your natural knowledge, you are living by the base model. So you're sitting in a model where you're still rolling down the windows. You're sitting in a model where you still got the plug in because it don't Bluetooth. You're sitting in a model that doesn't have any auto park, doesn't let you know when a car is too close to you. And the Holy Ghost got a model over here that's got all the bells and whistles and some stuff you'll never use. Because the Holy Spirit wants to give you more than what you could ever need. Because he says he does exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. But if you get stuck in your own smarts, if you get stuck in your own belief system, if you get stuck in your own values, you will miss the supernatural things that God is trying to do how many you know that through every period of here um, of history there's always been a revival how many of you um, people our age me you Chandra people like our age in your 40s and we in we're 40 so our grandparents would be 70 80 90 years old living in a time when the Azusa rock revival went forth there was a whole revival catching fire and many people who went to church and loved Jesus had no clue that a revival was going on. It is possible to be saved and be unaware of what God is doing. You don't want to be saved and be unaware of what God is doing. So this is why he says, he says, if you believe in God, you'll be established. He says, if you believe in the prophets, 
you'll prosper because God has set his system up that he doesn't do anything in the earth unless he reveals it by his prophets. So he gives somebody, like he gives Pastor Edwin to release a word to us last year that says, it's your best year yet. It's your best year yet means you are supposed to contend for that word. Take that word, bury it in your heart. No matter what happens, you don't start saying stuff like I'm watching saints say stuff like let's cancel 2020. Why would we cancel 2020 when they said this is our year of great harvest? Why would you be saying let's cancel it? Why would you be saying we already in February? I'm in March and this is where we are. What it shows is that your thinking is not in alignment with the kingdom of God because God is not moved by what is taking place. He is still going to do what he is going to do. The question is whether you are going to be a participant in what he's going to do or you're just going to hear about what he did. He's not surprised by this. When he gave our pastor the word of great harvest, when he gave our pastor the word of alignment, um, agreement, and advancement, he was not surprised by this. What you should be doing is thanking God that you have a pastor who is not moved by what is happening in the nation because he is listening to heaven about your life. And he gives you a word in January that allows you to anchor yourself so that when March gets crazy, you're unbothered. And so I want to tell you some of the things that we've done and then I'm going to get into this teaching. One of the things that we've built our life on is hearing from God. We have built our life on hearing from God. Yesterday when I got to Dallas, the pastor from the church that I ministered at, the pastor, not the woman pastor, the pastor wanted to speak to me. He calls me and he says, I got to tell you, I'm very aggravated that you and your husband are still in Arkansas. He says, because your voice is too big to be in Arkansas. I said, Pastor, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I said, but I don't have the liberty to move outside of the timing of God. I appreciate that you think I should be in bigger places, but I do not live my life outside of the will of God. So I will stay here forever if that's what he tells me to do. Because I am committed to live by the voice of God. And I was saying that many of you have not made the decision to be committed to live by the voice of God. You live by the voice of you. You live by the voice of God as long as he agree with the voice of you. I'll give you a simple example. You're on your job. You're having challenges on your job. Your boss is coming against you. You're being attacked. Your coworkers are acting a fool. The Bible is very clear what the strategy is for that. Bless those that curse you. Amen. Not complain. Not fuss. Not talk about how they're coming against you. Not bomb the devil. Stand in that space and bless those that curse you. Because when you become aware of your dominion, you dare not curse someone because you would know that God would honor it. He says to Abraham, he says, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. So when we see someone coming against us, we should be like, oh, they don't know. So, Lord, we need you to have mercy on them. 
So we're going to do what the Bible says. That's what Jesus says, right? He says, hey, Father, forgive them. Ooh, they don't, they, they don't know. Forgive them. So there are some ways we have to bring our life. In the hat, Pastor Edwin spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. The way you handle your wife, the way you handle your husband, the way that you handle your kids. God has an answer for all of that. The way you handle your money. Y'all not going to like this, but the reality of it is that many of you are struggling because you don't tithe. You're not going to like it. You're going to find biblical justification for why you, you go find logical except, um, exception for why it's different for you because you got three kids and only one person work. But the tithe is designed to be equality because everybody only has to bring their 10%. And you're wondering why you make more than you have ever made before, but you don't advance more than you used to when you had less because you have chosen not to come into agreement with God's system. So what you say, is you say things like but I sing he didn't tell you to bring your singing is 10% but I give my time so he multiplies time back to you he's very clear and one of the things that I'm committed to stand in from this point is that God has a way of doing things tell your neighbor say God has a way of doing things saying just because you don't agree doesn't mean he changes the rules now I'm going to tell you one more thing and I'm going to do my best to try to get into this message. Now what he says is this. He says, when you're young in Christ, there are some things God will let you get away with because you're immature. He says, but once you know better, there are many stripes that come across your back because you are intentionally disobedient to what God is saying about your life. That doesn't mean God is beating you. It means that there are two systems in operation. One is the system of life and blessings. The other is the system of curses. I know everybody wants to be like, hey, God is gracious. He can't curse you. No, God doesn't curse people. But what he does say is that when you don't obey me, you step out of my stream into a stream where the enemy has free flow in your life. So when you don't honor God with your money and bring it into the system of blessing, that means that the best you got for your provision is whatever you can do for your provision it's tight but it's right and so as a result we have a group of people who are always believing for financial increase while constantly rejecting the system that God has given you for your financial increase it would be a little like this you go to the doctor the doctor diagnoses you with strep throat the doctor says the way to get over this strep throat is to take, you can either take a shot or you can take these pills for 10 days, three times a day. And you say, I'm just going to take some Tylenol. <laughs> now, you can do that. But when you go back next month and you still have strep throat and it has complicated and you say, but I took Tylenol. And the doctor says, I gave you an option, shot, Pills. You say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take NyQuil. And many of you, that's how you respond to God about your money. He says to you, bring my tithe into the storehouse. Listen, you, many of you say, oh, God, I wouldn't even go talk about this. But many of you say, God, I, you hate a thief, but you are one. You hate a thief. The, tenth, the tithe isn't yours. People say, well, we don't live under the Old Testament. Amen. That's why the tithe was established before the law. 
the Bible says that Abraham brought tithe of all to Melchizedek before there was a law to do so. But it's interesting to me that the same people who do not believe that they are bound by the instructions of the Old Testament want to be bound by the blessings of the Old Testament. Because when you say wealth and riches are in your house, Old Testament, baby. When you say he's given me the power to get wealth, Old Testament, baby. When you say blessed going in and blessed coming out, the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, blessed everywhere I go, that is Old Testament, not New Testament. So it seems to me you got to pick how this thing is that you're working, that if God gives instruction if you're willing and obedient you'll eat the good of the land that's old testament to love the lord your god with all of your heart and all of your soul it's old testament the bible says jesus says there are things i did not come i didn't come to do away with the law i came to fulfill the part of the law that you couldn't okay i love it praise god i heard that well what about grace giving okay under the old testament there was law the bible says that grace is more abundant so if you really were a grace giver, we wouldn't be talking about 10%. So fine, you're not a grace giver. I mean, you're not a tither. You're not under the law. Step on over here into this flow of grace because grace is much more abundant, which means we should never be having a conversation about 10%. And I think I owe you to tell you because I think that so many times we disconnect. How many of you know the Bible says that it's not his will? for any to perish, but all to have everlasting life. That's his will. How many of you know that it's some people who perish? Because in order to be saved, you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. As many people as want to can come up with some position that we are all saved and we just don't know it. It is not what the Bible says. The Bible says you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. There are unconditional promises in the Bible. There are conditional promises in the Bible. The rainbow and a flood, that's an unconditional promise. Your prosperity is a conditional promise. If you do, then I'll do. Well, amen. So, when I tithe, when I am a sower, I position myself for supernatural breakthrough. Because God is gracious, everybody gets a little trinkle. But you never get the flow outside of obedience. Say the flow, the flow. is never found outside of obedience. And I owe you to tell you that because if I tell you to set your faith for supernatural debt release, but you're practicing disobedience, you're going to be diso disappointed because you're not going to be able to receive what God has made available to you because you're still doing it your own way. All right, let's see where we can go. The supernatural should be natural for believers. As we surrender to a lifestyle of faith, we allow God to release his supernatural power into our situation. How many of you would like to see God's supernatural power in your situation? We find ourselves experiencing the reality of with God, all things are possible. God desires that we see impossible situations become our reality. So he has given us the power to watch giants fall, speak to mountains and see them move, but it's up to us to believe. It is important to realize that biblical faith is not the result of striving and struggling. You should write that down. Biblical faith is not the result of striving and struggling. Biblical faith is the result of surrender. It is the surrender into the truth 
that God is exactly who he says he is and does exactly what he said he would do. We don't get biblical faith by striving and struggling. We get biblical faith by surrendering into the reality that God is. So if you want to see God show up in your finances, you must surrender to the reality that he is your provider. You must let that become your reality. Amen. Amen. Biblical faith is activated when we surrender to the reality that God is who he says he is, does what he says, which means we are who he says we are and we can do what he says. Supernatural debt is a part of the kingdom of God. Supernatural debt release is a part of the kingdom of God. Abba revealed that to us in the biggest way when he sent Jesus to cancel our sin debt. Jesus is supernatural debt release from sin. Jesus is supernatural debt release from sin. You owed a debt. You could not pay it. In a lifetime of lifetimes, you could not pay it. So God sends Jesus to do supernaturally what you cannot do naturally. Jesus is the example of supernatural debt release. Supernatural debt release is a kingdom principle. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The debt was too big, so we paid it. Well, but does God care about our financial debt? Yes. Say yes. yes. He absolutely cares when debt towers over us. And he doesn't care why the debt is towering over you, whether it's life circumstances or your own bad decisions. He does not care if it's because you could not afford to go to college if you didn't get debts or you turned up in Vegas. He does not care. What he knows is that if you will put your faith in his system, he will release his power over your money. If you will put your faith in his system, he will release his power over your money. Amen. So let's look at the scripture. Let's look at Deuteronomy 15, 1 through 5, because I want to show you that this is biblical. Because the Bible says, let the word of God be established by two or three witnesses. So let's walk through this. Say supernatural debt release, supernatural debt release is, is a kingdom principle. Caleb, can you switch that to the Amplified? It says, at the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release, a remission, a pardon from debt. This is the regulation for the release. Every creditor shall forgive what, has, what he has loaned to his neighbor. He shall not require repayment from his neighbor and his brother because the Lord's release has been proclaimed. You may require repayment from a foreigner, but whatever is of yours is with your brother, Israelite, your hand shall release. 
However, there will be no more. There will be no poor among you since the Lord will most certainly bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess. If only you will listen to and obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all these commandments which I am commanding you today. When the Lord your God blesses you as he has promised, then you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. You will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. So the history of that is that he was saying that in that time, every seven years, they were required to release the debt of their brothers. He says to them, he says, you have to let them go free. You cannot demand repayment of them, but I will bless you in the land because you keep my commandments. If you go on and read, if someone has sold themselves into slavery to eat, if they had sold their kids into slavery, if they had sold their land, they had a right to get it back. In that day, it was every seven years. In the 49th year, what they ended up in, which I think is so perfect for where we are now, is that they ended up with two years of the Jubilee. So it was a double double, which is what 2020 is. The 49th year and the 50th year was a double double. So they got double double Jubilee. Somebody ought to take that. So we're standing in a season of double double. Now, what I want to insert to you as good teaching is this. Many of you are asking God to release you from big debts, but you have not released others from small debts. You are still tripping over $25. You are still tripping over $200. You are still saying things like, I won't never let them borrow anything else. But then that says you're not submitted to the Holy Ghost because if the Holy Ghost tells you to let them borrow it, you let them borrow it as many times as he says because he says, I am the one who is responsible for repaying if you do it my way. You may be thinking, hey, I'm not Jewish. What does that have to do with me? You may be one of those people who don't live under the Old Testament. So let's go to Luke 4, 16 through 20. Shout supernatural debt release. He says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed unto him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is up on me, the Messiah, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the the good news to the he has sent me to announce release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives keep going the recovery of sight to the blind and to set free those who are oppressed downtrodden bruised crushed by tragedy keep going to proclaim to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord the day when salvation and favor greatly abound now I want to back up go back to verse 17 I believe it is 16 go back to 16 Sorry. 17. Let's see it. 18. The spirit of the Lord is up on me because he has anointed me to do what? The gospel to who? To who? 
the poor. So what he's about to do is he's about to bring something from the old covenant into the new covenant. So he says, the first thing he says is, wherever you're poor, I have come to give you release. Yes. Not just in your sins, but wherever you are poor, I have come to give you release. He has sent me to announce your release. The seven years in the Bible, every seven years, it was called a year of Jubilee. Jubilee, Jubilee, 49 and 50, Jubilee, Jubilee, double Jubilee, right? So keep going. He says, and the recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, and crushed by tragedy. How many of you can admit that debt can crush you? How many of you admit that debt can make you feel downtrodden? How many of you can admit that debt can make you feel oppressed? He says, I have come to preach your release. I have come to preach your release. Wherever you are poor, I am the solution for your poverty. Whatever kind of poverty, lack, and scarcity you have, I am the solution for your poverty, lack, and your scarcity. Amen? I need y'all to get this. I need you to get this. I don't care if you don't shout. I care that you get this. He is the solution for whatever poverty I face. We talking about money today, but we could be talking about joy. We could be talking about healing. Wherever I am lacking, wherever I have scarcity, he is the overflow. Say, Jesus is my overflow. Keep going to the next verse, please, Caleb. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The favorable year of the Lord was Jubilee. It was the year of Jubilee. This thing gets even better. It was, keep going. He's, no, hold on. The day of the proclaim, the favorable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the favor of God greatly abound abound greatly he says I'm here to say that what you used to only be able to get every seven years and every 50th year I am now here to make it present whenever you believe that is why it is a better covenant in the Old Testament, seven years, seven years, seven years, seven years, seven years, seven years, 49, 50 years. In the New Testament, anytime I believe, I can step into the favor and the provision of God. But I cannot step into the favor and provision of God regarding my money if I don't trust God with my money. If I'm wondering why the government won't do. If I'm wondering why my boss won't do. If I'm wondering why my baby daddy won't do. Because I'm looking to someone who has not promised to be the source of of my supply and in my poverty yeah. keep going verse 20 he says then he rolled up the scroll he said cause I done read all need to be read and he said verse 21 with everybody looking at him today today this entire scripture that you just read 
has been fulfilled. Are y'all alive? Do y'all read y'all Bibles? He, I took you to Deuteronomy and said there used to be something that was only available to the Jewish people every seven years. Jesus comes 2,000 years ago and says, listen here, what was only available every seven years is now available every day. I am here to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jubilee used to be a set time. Now it's a set person. It used to be a set time. Jubilee used to be contained in time. Now it's contained in a person. That person is Jesus. He says, I have come to say to you that what you have been reading is now fulfilled for your hearing. That means Jubilee was available to you when you were born. Your family just didn't know it. It's been available. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled. In the hearing of your ears. I love this because it teaches me. That faith is not bound by time. It teaches me. That God took something from the old testament. That was bound to time. Pulled it into the new testament. And said what you. you I, this is what he said. I know they said it can't come off your credit for seven years. But I'm here to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. <laughs> I know they said that this is how long it takes to overcome bankruptcy, but I'm here to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Because don't get it twisted. When Jesus preached that, it was some people sitting in the temple that didn't have enough money, that didn't have enough resources, that couldn't afford a house. And he said, but I'm here to let you know I came, I got some good news for the poor, that what the government cannot do for you, heaven has made provision for. So why do you look to an inferior system? Thank God for jobs. Thank God for provision. But if it all dried up, he is the source of my supply. He's already proved he can take care of his people. He led the children of Israel who were unsaved and unfilled with the Holy Spirit in the wilderness with their rebellious selves for 40 years. Their clothes did not wear out. They had food. He gave them water and there was no sick among them. And you and I have a better covenant. Oh God. Say what used to be bound by time is available now you ought to just reach up and grab you ought to just reach up and grab he releases us from all debt you say well how can I really be sure let's go to Romans 8 31 through 34 how can I really be sure that this same God that cares about my eternity that this same God that cares about my eternity cares about my right now cares that I cannot fulfill the promise that says he'll give you houses you didn't build because I'm weighed down by so much debt I don't make enough money I'm parenting by myself or we parenting together we just got a whole lot of kids or I don't have the education I thought I would have or I have the education I thought I would have but they don't pay what I thought they would pay how can I be sure that this Jesus cares also about my money? He says that we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, 
deeply causes all things to work together as a plan for good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. I got to insert right here to love God. Jesus says, how do I know that you love me? How do I know that you love me? I, I want the whole group. How do I know you love me? Because you obey me. Next verse. He says, for those he, whom he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately sharing his complete sanctification so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honored among many believers. Next verse. And those who he predestined, he also called. And those who he called, he also justified and declared free of guilt of sin. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them up to a heavenly dignity. So what shall we say to all of these things? If God is for us, who can be successful against us? And he, this is the verse, who did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously? Is anybody receiving that? Graciously give us all things. Could you just say this? Say, my debt is no problem for my father. Say, in fact, my debt is a light thing. So then you say, how do I receive this? Let's just walk the scripture because I can give you the steps, but the scripture has to settle it in your heart. Say, supernatural debt release is the will of the kingdom and I am a citizen of the kingdom so I choose to receive the provision that God has made available to me say my suffering is unnecessary say my struggle is unnecessary so say, I choose to let God help me. Now let's go to I just want to use this part right here. Let's go to Romans because you got to know how you receive anything from heaven. I just want to go to Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. We almost done. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Shout, I'm a believer, not a doubter. I'm a believer, not a Say it like you mean it. Saying, I believe the word of God for supernatural debt release. In Romans 10, it says, here's how you get saved from anything in the kingdom. Because you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power, authority, and majesty as God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you study that whole scripture from verse 5 to 19, we don't have time to do it right now. What he actually says to them is he says, you keep asking, how are we going to get this salvation? 
Who can go up to heaven to get it for us? Who can go down into hell to release us from it? And he says, the word is nigh you, even in your mouth. It's in your mouth. He says, your salvation is in your mouth. You believe in your heart and you say something with your mouth. Your deliverance is in your mouth. So every time you say what you don't have, you speak your bondage. Every time you talk about how long it's going to take to pay it off, you speak your bondage. Every time you say you don't know how you're going to make it, you speak your bondage. Every time you agree with some meme that's silly about what you don't have and how broke you're going to have to live, you speak your bondage. He says the word is not to you. It is in your mouth. It's in your mouth. What are you saying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the first thing that he tells us, now the practical things, it tells us we receive salvation by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. So when our heart and mouth align, faith is activated and the supernatural is released. That's why I'm, I'm not trying to strive for this. It's too much work to try to strive for this. So when my heart, that's why I gave you the scriptures when you can see that Jubilee was a real thing, when you can see that Jesus said now Jubilee is available to you, you let that word get in you and you let that word get so big to you that you begin to decree and declare your own victory because it's an alignment. The Bible says "Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus already told you that debt release was his will for you. It's the father's will for you. You let it get so big in you that even when you're looking at your account and your account doesn't seem to have very much in it, you say, but I know God is my supply. And that's the place of the test that Pastor Edwin and I talk about that most people never pass. It's what we call the choke level. It's what happens when you were getting ready to buy a TV that you saved up for. And God says, bring me that offering. When you only had the money for the one shirt you wanted. And he says, buy it for Airy. When you think you got a nest egg of a savings and the Lord says, give me all of it. You go, that's not wisdom. I go, it's not the world's wisdom. But God can have anything that I can have because whatever it is that I have, it's not enough anyway. Whatever I have is not enough anyway. I don't care how much money you think you got right now. You can make a list of things that would deplete that money before the day was over. I'm sorry, in the next 15 minutes, whatever money you got, you can think of one thing that would deplete it, but yet you hold on to that money as though keeping that money is somehow your safety net. When God is saying, bring that to me because I already know what's about to happen and I'm bringing that to you. I need you to bring it to me. Why? Because I, because your money produces an ark for you. What do they do in an ark? They go in and they are saved. He says, when you bring your resources to me, you build an ark. And then I become your safety no matter what the economy is doing. Amen. I know this ain't popular, but it is Bible. Amen. So we obey God and we sow. I want to talk about this. Many of you sow, many of you tithe, but you're not sowers. 
I'm going to give you a good example. A farmer farms for life. A person who grows tomatoes grows tomatoes in their window. But a farmer, ER, farms for life. They are intending to eat off of what they put in the ground. Most of us do not live off of our seed, which is exactly what the Bible told us to live off of. We live off of our budget and our jobs, and if there's something extra, we sow it. We're going to talk about these seven things because y'all are getting tight in the chest up in here. These seven things. These seven things you must do to be in position for supernatural debt release. If you could not sow a seed that's equal in value to the shoes, the purse, the earring, these things, whatever this material thing is you love so much, you're not a sower. You can sit it in your lap and you can do what you want to with it. But there is a price that people pay to find the, to find the sufficiency of God. And the way that you find the sufficiency of God is you stop trying to be sufficient in your own self. Pastor Edwin is one of the most practical people that I know. Practical, there is, I mean, like, whoever is number, he got to be number one. I don't know who could be more practical than he is. As type A and practical as he is, I have watched him in 22 years. For him, it is much more difficult in the natural for him to give it all to God. I grew up in a house like that. My grandma was like, we're going to be okay. The Lord going to make a way. You know what I'm saying? We didn't necessarily have a whole bunch of overflow, but I got to see a lot that if my grandmama gave it away and said we was going to be okay, we were going to be okay. Pastor Edwin is a lot more methodical. He's like, you know, like if he's going to buy me a purse this year for Christmas, he probably has already started putting the money back. He probably already knows where the purse is. Like there are no surprise purchases. That, that's not how he operates. But I have watched this guy who is so meticulous about money and so meticulous about being in integrity and trying to do the right thing about his family saying, but God told me all of this is his. I've watched him learn how to walk that out. And because he's learned how to walk that out, he's learned how to receive that there are times when our checks, when our income did not cover what it was that we did. I cannot tell you at least for 10 years, would you say 10? At least for 10 years, we look back at the end of the year and when we look at what we gave and what we made and what we did, all we can say is, that was the Lord. That was the Lord. He multiplied it. He doesn't always multiply it in big ways the way when the fish jump into the thing for Peter. But all I know is that when you submit your money to him, it's a submission of yourself. The re Let me tell you why God asks for your money. It's what you give most of your time for. Your money is your biggest extension of yourself. And so he asked for what's valuable to you. If we traded rocks, he would ask for your rocks. He'd say, Chris, give me those rocks. Why? Because I can do more with those rocks if you give them to me than you can do by keeping them. Because he is the master multiplier. And we read stories about the five loaves, I mean the loaves and the fish, and then when it's our opportunity to bring our fish and loaves. See, because they didn't eat until the little boy brought his lunch. 
See, people miss that about the story. The little boy had to be willing to take the little that he had and put it in the master's hand. And some of you are holding so tight and you holding it so tight. Some of you, if you are honest, you struggle more with more than you ever struggle with less. Because when you had less, you had to be dependent on him. But what happens for a lot of people is that when you get more, you become less dependent on him and more dependent on your strategy. This is how we're going to move the money. This is how we're going to pay for vacation. This is how we're going to pay for college. This is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to do that. The Lord say, no, cash out so-and-so a thousand dollars, child. It ain't the will of God for my life because this thousand dollars already been allotted somewhere. This thousand dollars been allotted to somewhere else. You know, by no thousand dollars. But God, if you make me the man, I just tried to make you the man. I said, give him a thousand dollars. Child, let's get on out of here. All right. These are seven things. I'll come back and talk about them later. I'm going to just let you listen. I can't tell you nothing but what works. You're trying to get what you aren't participating in. I'm, I'm not saying that God doesn't honor small seed. God honors obedience. And I'm saying that when you have a heart to love God, what you gave at 50,000 ain't what you give at 100,000. Even if didn't nobody ask you for more, you just love him so much. You, cause, let, let me tell you something. You want to know if a man love you? You can't get his money, he don't love you. And every man in here who know, I'm, you know I'm telling the truth. You done dated a bunch of women and you ain't gave them a dime. She took you to dinner. She paid for everything. She bought you shoes. She did all of that. You ain't spent a dime on her. One of the marks of love is that if I love, I, if I love, I give. So when the, because the Bible says where your treasure is, your heart will be. I was talking to this lady one day and she was trying to be funny. And she was like, oh, because sometimes people try me because I seem real nice in person. She was like, <laughs> she was like, I, I see you with that purse. She was like, what you giving look like? I said, I bet I gave you under the table. No, I bet I gave you under the table. Because the truth of it is, I wouldn't carry a $3,000 person and gave $3,000 to the kingdom of God. Facts. I wouldn't wear a $100 pair of tennis shoes and hadn't bought $100 to the house of the Lord. I wouldn't have no $500 weave and my giving for the year was $33.13. I wouldn't do it. I, I prom I'd rather be bald head. I'd rather go natural. That's the stuff that don't nobody talk about. And then what they say is seed time and harvest don't work. But this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He says, if you sow stingily, if you sow grudgingly, you don't bless your church. You don't bless your man of God. Matter of fact, you don't bless nobody but yourself. He says, that's why there is no overflow in your life because I have a system and my system works I travel all over the nation 
watch pastors sit in services in services don't give how you ask a people to give and you don't oh yes Holy Ghost I want you to hear me real clear because the Lord gave me an assignment I love how he God will wreck your theology to release the kingdom I used to say all the time that God don't say tell people to sow $17 he's like you don't know everything about me maybe cause, just because I ain't told you to tell nobody don't mean I ain't told nobody to tell somebody that because he will check you when you start to think more highly of yourself as though you got the market on the kingdom and so he told me to tell people to sow a seed this morning I'm going to tell you about it but I got to tell you this thing first I am telling you we are in prime position for something explosive for something supernatural for debts being paid off I'm going to come back I don't know can I teach next week I'm going to teach the rest of this next week because there, there's some different prophetic stuff that has to be broken up in this house this house has to be dealt with differently you're not the Facebook crew we have charge over you so there is going to be a release of the supernatural there will be debts paid off they will not all be paid off the same way there will be some debts you better receive this there will be some debts that you will just get a zero balance for there will be other debts that he will give you a zero balance plan there will be other debts that you will start to pay them and then they will be canceled there will be other debts that people will walk up to you and give you the money for it there will be multiple ways that debts will be released but the release for debt will become because the seed is attached to faith for debt release. And so my expectation is that this house will become the testimony, the breeding ground, houses paid off. I hear that. The Lord says some of you are so smart that even when I give you a strategy, you won't do what I say. And you keep being stuck where you stuck. I was saying something about Pastor Edwin. One of the most strategic people I know. I watch him month after month, even when we got money in the church, say, which one of these bills you want me to pay and how you want me to pay them? Because it's all his. I cannot tell you how many times, because we lay the bills out and say, how you want me to pay this? And he say, pay this first and then by the time we get to the thing that we thought was most pressing they like oh we made an adjustment I went to the dentist the other day to pay a bill when I got ready to go pay it the first time the Lord said don't go pay it when I went back the second time they said oh we made an adjustment it's money off first the blade little blade you start to get little blades and so we want you to tap into that supernatural way of living but there is a way to do it and it is hear me it is extreme obedience regarding your money 